BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Again, fellow basement dwellers, nerds of all kind, it is I, the lawyer, Dave Unger, back after a one-week hiatus. I was down at Disneyland providing financial support in the ever-ongoing feud and fight between Disney and what I'm now calling Ron Dumb Santas. That's, you know, I should probably trademark that. Uh, but yeah, as the nail, here we come. Uh, that's right. There you go. Ron Dumb Santas and, uh, yeah. I figure Patrick will like that when he listens back. It'll make him feel a little bit better. Our fearless leader out today uh, under the weather, but we hope we are all wishing for Patrick to feel better. I, of course, am not alone. I am joined once again by the live studio audience, the one and only Mr. Chair Shot, the man who calls playing golf, running errands, the one and only <laughs> PC Tunny. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I was... Uh... I was not golfing, Dave. I was not golfing. I'm here on time. You are. You are here on time. So, and uh, thank you, of course, as always, for being here. And, of course, we also have, welcoming back to the show, the one and only, the Reverend, the man who wants to play golf, at least one hole, the one and only Reverend Ray Cash. like the end of christmas story ray i hear that booing and i'm like all is right with the sweet sounds of hatred love it <laughs> gentlemen how's it going pretty good man pretty good it is uh, a lovely sunday here in uh in california uh only going to be in the 
eh, low 90s today. So that's that's something. Getting awfully close next weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Talking, uh, watching the PGA Tour, and uh, now we're going to talk some nerdy stuff. So next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. It is right. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Three day weekend. I can't wait. I I scheduled my tea time early enough to be available for normal recording time next Sunday. So that has been communicated to the two of you. If you guys want to change it, let me know. These on air meetings are always great. Patrick will listen to this tomorrow. By the way, carry out your business elsewhere, bastards. Anyway, go ahead. You you did did mention, Dave, that Patrick is sick. And we joke a lot and we give Patrick a lot of shit, especially when he's not here. But seriously, man, feel better, bro. Like, don't want you to be down too long. Nah, certainly not. And I I know it was a last second thing you wanted to be here. And what's great is Patrick was kind enough before he became ill to do the rundown. So I didn't have to. So I didn't have to do it. All I have to do is just tag in, get the hot tag. Yeah, I, breakfast is great this morning. Plenty to take care of. <laughs> this is, this is, you know, if Dave does run down, it'd be uh, there'd be trailers, of course, and then it'd be. So is Henry Cavill cute or pretty? Second one is Henry Cavill well, the, the best is, or the, the second is, best? The answer is pretty cute. Oh, yeah, exactly. Get it right, Ray. Damn it. I know, I know. You just anytime there's not a mention of robotic vagina, you get upset. But it's it's just, Ray. By the way, I, I know we have a format today, but I won't get a chance to say it anywhere else. Fast X is the movie of the year. I'm telling you. Come on. No hyperbole. Uh, not joking. If you are, if, if you fan, are, te- if you are legitimately telling me it is better than Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I have some beachfront property here in Bakersfield. I will sell you, Ray. Dave, I will make you a $100 bet that you're going to go to that movie and love it. Love it is one thing. Saying that it's going to be the movie of the year. I mean, when we just went through it, we went through with Guardians three. That's 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 a lot to take on there, Ray. It's they're they're neck and neck. Yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to say it because it Guardians has just three movies in the build up over three movies, and you can count the tie ins and whatnot. This is a tie is a build up of ten. So this this movie is the Fast Universe's Avengers Infinity War. Really? Yeah, but all the Guardians movies were good. Well, yeah, to, it, 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 in defense, in defense of Ray, uh, they've only been three of them, and Fast just keeps on, you know, rolling that dice. This one's gonna be, oh shit, it sucked. This one's gonna be mediocre. Yes, you got it. So anyway, I, 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 I don't gonna, mind the movies. I, I really, I, I've, I've liked most of them. It wasn't in 3D where I am. I don't know if they had a 3D version of it. But when I went looked at that yesterday, I was like, you know what? It, before I can blink an eye and, and I'll still have way more things that I need to watch on streaming, this will be on streaming at some point in the next nine months. You need to see the theaters. You need to. Mm. You need to see the theaters. No, I've only seen the first one, Ray. I don't care. Doesn't matter. I'm telling you, as your friend, you need to see the theaters. Hey, you, know, you guys want to know what movie? No, 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 no. As your friend, I'm telling you, I'm waiting for streaming. You know what movie you know, I finally friend? got a chance to watch and finished was uh, Prey. Which I've been wanting to watch that for like a year, dude. That was that was really good. Really good, right? Really good. A, a very worthy ent- entry in the Predator series. And I know people said it's better than the original. I would not say that. I would put this number two behind the original yeah. in the entire series by yeah. a, a long, hefty margin. Um, and for old girl to never have acted before, she was that, she, she was fantastic. Killed. Yeah, she was fantastic. It's just a really, really solid movie and and smart. So. Anyway, though, uh, we're past the obligatory five minutes. See how that works, folks. We got right by it, and now we're moving into the the guts of the show. We're not watching anything yet. 
We don't have any movies to review. Ray just dropped on us. Fast 10 is excellent. We won't get into a lot of details because we don't want Patrick to get sicker by listening to this intro and, and hearing all this Fast 10 nonsense. But uh, we are going to jump into the trailer park immediately because we do have a few trailers to review. And uh, you know what? I let, Let's not make Pat sick and get the human version of the violins. Yeah, out I here. ruined it last week. Did you? He was really? going to let us play the banjos, and then I, I guessed it, and then he didn't let us do it. Anymore. Tony ruined it for everybody. <laughs> Way to go, Tony. But we're going to get the real banjos in here, and then we are going to head right into the trailer part. Alright, so our fearless leader was kind enough to give us one, two, three, four, five trailers. Man, he uh loaded up the trailer park this week. The first one that he gave us is um this I would have to call is definitely a Patrick special because Killers of the Flower Moon. I will say this before I turn it over to you guys. Cast wise, fantastic. You got Leonardo DiCaprio, you got Robert De Niro. You basically stop right there and you know it's gonna be damn well acted and good. I don't know what this is about. Um, and, and watching the trailer, I didn't, I didn't really kind of like, all right, what's, I understand something's going on with this. It doesn't seem very, you know, like as far as the nerd wheelhouse goes, it, it didn't seem, I was waiting for something supernatural to happen. I didn't see anything like that. Would, do you know anything about this show? Pat's pissed off at me right now. I'm sorry, Pat. I just, from the trailer, I, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. I think it made the rundown of of trailer park trailers because it's Scorsese, it's De Niro, it's DiCaprio. And right? I, I have no qualms with that. And that's a big movie, right? And I do believe it's got to be just the story of the government taking the is, the Native Americans' land. Is it a movie or a series? Watering them along the way. It's a movie. It's a movie. That's a movie. what it looked like to me. So um, I would imagine it. You know, they're talking about who are the wolves. You know, or can you see the wolves and this and that. It just points to a bunch of you know uh europe white europeans that you know trying to look like to take over the land i, I thought it looked like you seen like maybe very early oil derricks too or something like that in a field so um i i i like this time period as far as and i like different time period pieces as far as film goes um dances with wolves last of the mohicans it feels like we're kind of in that genre but a little bit um darker maybe more serious although both of them are very serious as well so i theater know if it gets good reviews i'll have to watch it because it's the scorsese bob and leo you know what i'm saying so that's why it's here interesting interesting uh the story that they're going to tell though yeah very dark Ray. can't wait to, can't wait to watch it on tnt next april <laughs> no it's it, um so scorsese doesn't make bad movies he just doesn't always make movies that interest everybody um, but this movie essentially looks like Manifest Destiny, the movie, right? Um, the trailer didn't really make sense, but the last scene showing all the white people there about to take that black and white picture and who are the real wolves. 
Like that's 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 intriguing. That's a hook that maybe you can run with that'll get people interested or at least intrigued. Um so yeah, I'm not spending my fast X money on it, but I'll definitely catch it if I can see it for on streaming or rent it for four dollars or something like that. But I'm not going to the theaters. Yeah, I think Tony, what you said make makes sense as far as like the uh the cast of this movie and, and, and Scorsese's a director is so tremendous that I know that that appeals to Pat. It appeals to me too. It's just like you know, that's it's like, okay, well, I'm not sure if it's nerd based, but it's certainly impressive when you look at that cast. Did you hear Scorsese got announced to be uh uh directing Avengers Secret Wars? Did he really he did not. Come on. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> can you can you imagine that? What a what a train wreck. Uh, Ooh, I want to see it happen. Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> Killers Killers of the Flower Moon is a 2023 American epic western crime drama film directed by Martin Scorsese from a screenplay he co-wrote with Eric Roth based on the best-selling 2017 non-fiction book Killers of the Flower Moon: The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI by David Grant. Its plot centers on a series of Oklahoma murders in the Osage Nation during the 1920s committed after oil was discovered on tribal land. So I was pretty close just from looking at the, you know. Oh, we discovered oil on this tribal land. How do we get to that oil around the the, the Indians who are there? And all of a sudden, the Indians start dropping dead. Hmm. Native, we discovered Native, oil this sorry, place. Native Americans. I, I should I should clarify that. We discovered oil on this tribal land. What tribal land? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's reroute this map over <laughs> here. The get the get the guys in the zoning office on the line. We're gonna redraw this boundary. Fine, no problem. It is. It, it just and so happens that the oil it just so happens the oil's on the other side of the line now. How convenient. And that's and that's what you call redlining, ladies and gentlemen. Political subdivisions right here on Bandwagon Nerds for your edification. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the next trailer, which this one is this one. I definitely have some interest in uh, simply because like my kids played the shit out of this game when they were kids and Ray's probably did too. five nights at Freddy's the movie. And I, I, I sent it to my son this morning and I said, I said, did you see this? He goes, yeah. I said, it, it looks like a horror movie. And he goes, well, the game was pretty much a horror game. So just kind of kidified a little bit. Um, I, I never played the game. I watched my kids play it plenty uh, to know that it was extraordinarily popular like 10 years ago. Um, so I, I, to me, the trailer looks interesting. You know, stuffed animals come to life sort of things or animatronic animals come to life and whatever the case is and stalk these kids through like a Chuck E. Cheese type environment sort of thing. Um, I question why they're doing it now when the popularity of the game has ebbed significantly and it's yeah. not what it was. I, I think the, you guys kind of uh, shit the bet on your timing on this, but Ray, I imagine your kids played Five Nights at Freddy's quite a bit. What are your thoughts on this thing and, and uh, are they... Too little, too late on this one. My kids played. Hell, I played Five Nights at Freddy's. Five so Nights at Freddy's. You know it firsthand, then. Exactly. It is the quintessential jump scare game, which is why I'm skeptical of it being a movie. And the reason I'm skeptical of it being a movie is the appeal of the game. It is as simple as possible. It's a dude who has to watch. It's a security guard who has to watch the cameras at night because some, some weird shit is happening. He got to watch the cameras at night. You got five nights to make it. If any of if any of the uh, if you see any of them coming, then they got to stop, right? And you're watching the cameras, and you can look at different areas, and they're all trying to get to you. And 
if you look at the cameras and then you go back and look and see in front of you, if they're in front of you, they got you, right? Very simple game. But it's it can get really scary because each night it gets harder and harder and harder. It's kind of hard to replay that in movie scenario because if this is a five night thing, we essentially got to talk about what happens in the daytime. That's not going to help the story, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, but you're dead right. It, it, this is five, seven years to it. Had it come out a year or two after the initial buzz, this movie would have been seven, eight hundred dollars instantly because this was that the game was so hot. Now people catch it, um, but it is. I do love the the, the concept because we've all been to Chuck E. Cheese. We've all been to those animatronics, yeah, scary ass busters or stuff. Yeah, like that, right. Yeah, the hole in the wall with the rat or the mouse or or the bear, or the whatever, playing the banjo and singing to the kids is supposed to be fun, but really scared the shit out of them. So yeah, it's it, it, the concept is dope. I don't, I would have probably rather seen this as a series uh, than a movie. Tony and Ray, I, I really appreciate you breaking down the game, because as you're describing it, I'm like remembering, I was like, yeah, this is kind of like tower defense with jump scares a little bit sort of thing and 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 it's like okay yeah i do remember this now uh tony i'll turn it over to you a you know listen to everything ray and i've talked about did you ever play this game uh b you did you know the super mario we've talked about how people are trying to capitalize on this craze of turning video games into movies which has never really worked that well in the past but now maybe that's changing um what do you thought what are your thoughts on this five nights at freddy's movie chucky jesus where kids get abducted um, <laughs> that's right yeah it instantly reminded me of chucky e. cheese and and didn't even the simpsons uh, probably right around when this game was hot do some kind of horror animatronic pizza place thing with the family so it, it's yeah growing up man i had birthday parties at chucky e. cheese and you know i had a great time yeah. um, my son still he wore his chucky e. cheese shirt down to disney the other day he still loves it I, I just this isn't my genre. Um, I don't. I know Aesop uh, auditioned for this movie, so it would have been nice to have him here for it, for this. But uh, but he's big just not my. Us, you know. Yeah, not my. Not just, uh, He's got soccer, I think, on Sundays for this. Some about comedy, so you know Aesop's got to make people yeah. laugh. Just not my cup of tea. This uh, this Five Nights at the Old Fred Meisters. Uh, that that's fair enough. I mean, I think the kids, some of the kids will like it. Uh, older kids, I don't recommend taking your little teeny ones to this. This might be a little bit too intense for them. But, uh, but, just, but just, just think about it, Dave. The pre- if the premise is some weird shit is happening, you're the security guard, and we're going to do this in real time. Why the fuck would it keep coming back? If it's a game, you don't even see the next day. It's just the daytime hits, and then you just start back on the next day. What's the premise of it? What's the reasoning for him to come back? Night two, night three, night four, night five. It just doesn't make sense. So maybe if I watch it, it'll make better sense. But right now, it just doesn't seem like a good premise for a movie. Hey man, they can turn they can turn Gran Turismo into a movie. So anything's possible at this point, right? And driving and stealing, right? That's easy. That's Fast and Furious. (laughs) Hey, wait a second. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Uh, Next movie, boy, this one, this one's near and dear to my heart. Uh, Haunted Mansion got the newest trailer for this thing. Uh, Tony, I'm going to let you go first on this thing. I, I, I've got lots of things I can say about this trailer and why I absolutely, absolutely love it. Can't wait for the movie to come out. Um, this trailer looks to steal from Ray Cash. Dope. It really does. So 
Tony, what are your what are your thoughts on? I mean, is this one that this one looks like it's got 3D written all over it? Are you going to go see this one in 3D? Uh oh, Tony's. Uh, we can't hear you, Tony. There. You this go. isn't necessarily my genre either. Um, but it is a Disney movie, and it seems like it's a little bit more like mystery thriller kind of um, family-ish friendly, more so. I imagine there is there a haunted mansion at either of the world or or lands. Not anymore. Uh, what? That went away, didn't it? No, they're both. Their haunted mansion is at Disneyland and Disney World. I rode so you uh, just rode haunted gonna, mansion a few days is, ago. And, That's and where it came from, by the way. It, it, it was made because of the ride. When's the last time they updated it? Uh, well, I mean, updated. I'm not sure. Like Disneyland, they retheme it every every like six months. It switches from the traditional to the holiday version, which is based on the Nightmare Before Christmas. But don't you think they would do something with those accordance to this movie a little bit more specifically for a period of time, considering? Sure. There, there may be aspects of whatever they do in the movie that they add as an effect. Yeah. Or they probably took some stuff. But from I mean, the like, ride. like, oh yeah, absolutely. Hatbox Ghost, the thing that they're sketching at the end, that is a a, a aspect that is exclusive to Disneyland for now. They're going to bring him to Florida, from what I hear. But um, he was gone for many, many years, and then suddenly he was back. And it's one of the one of the best effects in the ride is the Hatbox Ghost. And when you see him, everybody's like, oh yeah, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I think before I turn it over to Ray, there is so many little elements of this trailer that is true to the ride that for those of us who love the ride, like checking off boxes as we go along up, there's a stretching room. Okay. There's the, the dune buggy sort of thing that goes down the stairs is kind of the carriage that you ride it when you're on the ride, the hat box ghost, the, uh, the clairvoyant, the crystal ball, the ring, little, little teeny things like ringing of the bell. Um, so I, I thought the trailer was tremendous in honoring, um, the spirit of the game and wrapping a movie around, What's really going on with this haunted mansion? What's the story behind it? Why are there so many ghosts? You know, got Owen Wilson, you got Danny DeVito, you got Rosario Dawson. I mean, talk about cast. Uh, this one is not pulling Lakeith. punches, huh? Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, yeah. Like dude who's like the main dude in the trailer. Right, that guy too. Thanks, Ray. And, you know, I'm be, that's what I'm here for. The, to, to name other. Hey, man, I, I need I need all the help I can get. The uh, the senility is 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 it's a real thing. It's a the struggle is real. Um. Ray, what do you think about this trailer? I mean, I know you know the players involved, but uh, what do you think of this thing, man? What I appreciate about a reboot, because this is what it is, it's a reboot, um, is that it is drastically different. On trailer from the Eddie Murphy movie in the early 2000s, that, because you said it seemed family-friendly, it doesn't seem as family-friendly to me as the one with Eddie. That was made for kids right. and for families. And it was a comedy. It was like, not slapstick, but it was almost like, you know... Horror for kids is different than horror. Because horror for kids is supposed to be ha 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 ha. This movie looks like it's got some real scares in it. Um, and I, I I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I like. I appreciate. Um, I like Ray's got this effect going on where the lights are going off and on. It's like you're trying to really hat-box. you're creating an uh, ambiance, Ray. Ambiance, man. The hatbox ghost. He's after me, bro. Um, I really just like don't, the chemistry don't between say Candyman five times. Just don't. That doesn't exist. I, I am African American. We do not play with that dude. Okay. Okay. I got you. Please understand. Mm-mm. No, I'll do Bloody Mary before I do Candyman. I'll, understand. I'll tell you right now. Dave already said his name, and I'm going to say it right now. But but if someone says Goldberg one more time, we're going to hear his <laughs> music. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Look at a mirror. Look at a mirror and say Goldberg five times, and I wonder what happens. <laughs> 
said it. I got to play it. That was three. Like the, walking in with the couch? The Beetlejuice Goldberg rule. Oh, boy. No, it looks dope. I, I, I actually I actually may catch that in theaters. It looks really fun. That's what you wanted, those kind of movies. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It does It does not look uh, like... It looks like something that could end up being one of the most iconic Disney movies, especially for, like that type of genre right the scary kind of movie it could be their new halloween you know blockbuster yeah i mean yeah i mean they're gonna need some i mean it's like isn't dude like isn't little mermaid coming out this week isn't this and this movie? comes out next friday i think next week yeah this memorial week? day weekend yeah, it the weekend after at fast x there's a whole i mean it's summertime now man we just they're gonna start rolling out you know we're gonna have the flash um, what else is big going on this summer? I was just looking at some of these things the other day, but yeah, it, I mean, we got, we got a, a, a bunch of movies coming out. Yeah. That's the first big one. Indy, I, I'm Indy, really curious Indy. to see. How Indy, right? Yeah. Indy with his, uh, Indy's this week too, isn't it? Indy's this week too. So you got Indy and little mermaid same week. And that's, I'm not sure Disney <laughs> planned that one very well. Um, so, uh, and, and, and Indy's that's getting, okay. Indy's getting some, uh, I'd say mixed reviews at this point in time as far as how good it is. But uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see how uh, how Little Mermaid does in the theaters with so much of that stupid, narrow-sighted, dumbass backlash against it. But see, I'm not going to see it because I just don't dig these live-action remakes. That's just that's just me. But we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll, I'll probably meander this over to weekend, see. This weekend is Little Mermaid. I think the following weekend is Indy. Spider-Man Across the Universe. Okay. When's Dial of Destiny but come out? But that's no, but that's Sony, isn't it? We got then figure. Transformers the following weekend. I when then is, I think when Flash is, is the sixteenth, right? Yeah. And Elemental. Ray's looking up. Ray, look up when Dial of Destiny comes out. But yeah, I, I think like like you're saying, this this is one of these um, Disney adaptations that can have some real traction and some staying power as far as like uh could be a classic. I mean, it's got it's got all the cast members, it's got all the players, it's got a good story. Like Ray says I don't think it's going to be slapstick like Eddie Murphy's version was. Dark comedy seems like where this one is going in that direction. So, there's going to be comedic elements, but there'll be some real scares as well. Moving onward, the next trailer is uh is very topical, I would have to say. It is a trailer called The Creator. In this trailer, we have AI that has gone rogue, apparently. <laughs> There's an original idea, right? Go ahead, Ray. June 30th. June 30th. June 30th is Indy? Yeah. Wow, that's way off. Okay. Farther out than I thought. But uh, getting back to this trailer for the creator, we got AI that goes rogue and uh, detonates a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles, sparking a war between humans and these uh, this AI, I'm guessing. Um, and it turns out that the AI is, is, a, is that when they actually get face-to-face with it, it's just a kid who's really, I don't know, it's it's kind of hard to tell, but in this day and age right now where you got chat GPT, you've got uh, some real concerns about AI and how quickly it's progressing and whether we're facing a, an, an impending Terminator type of situation. And here we've got another movie about AI gone bad, but it's not quite as apocalyptic, I guess, as like Terminator, but there's definitely a war going on between humans and AI. And it's interesting. The AI seems to have adopted a human esque sort of form, making them almost, you know, kind of like cyborgs a little bit. Uh, Tony, 
what do you what do you think this 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 trailer i'm definitely in into i thought this is really good very topical everything going on in the world right now ai is on everybody's lips lately and this kind of is just pressing that button a little bit more what do you think of this thing you mentioned the interesting fact of they made themselves kind of look more humanized um even though you know you get to the ears and down you can see what's going on there but much like you know our pets do like look at what cats did you know their eyes and everything and the the, the mimicking of of you know being a needy child and stuff like that so it's really interesting that things evolve with ai kind of like they do with nature because it's the really the only thing that we know for, for as far as evolution goes but it's a it's an interesting casting um outside of uh, who's playing the main character there is that denzel's kid denzel's kid john david washington yes yeah, I, he's great i i remember him in um what was the was it with the rock ballers or playmakers or something that was his first big one ballers yeah but then you yeah. know he did um tenet he's done like a lot of big shit uh black clansman no, uh, that he won for the black clansman with adam driver i remember him from that for sure um, I, I don't, I don't know about this one. I, well, it's a wait and see. I would imagine it'd be interesting to see in 3d with everything that's going on, but yeah, I, I it, not my cup of tea, to be honest with you. Ray, what do you thought? What are your thoughts on this one? Well, unlike my compatriot, Mr. Tony, I actually love man rest of the machine movies. Um, the, I, I wrote about some of my favorite movies I've ever watched. I, I really enjoy that dichotomy. Um, I, I, I think it's always fun to see how humans conceptualize the possibility of an AI breach or takeover. That's always fun to me to see how we conceptualize it because ultimately we will be the ones creating it anyway. Um, but I can't remember. Yes, I know the Matrix had its, had its, I had its you know, place in it, but it was like a war in a different spectrum. And Terminator was like, a war, but it was more like a couple, like one dude versus this same robot. This is literally the world versus the machines in a true, like World War Three setting. That's cool to me. That's interesting to me. Also, the fact that I like the way they do the, the, the trailer, where John David is talking with the kid, and the kid asks him, "Hey, you know, are you going to heaven?" It's like, no, because you got to be a good person to go to heaven. And then you see later on in the trailer that it's not a kid, it's AI. And he thought it was a kid. And apparently that's something that when they take, they lose their mind, they call it after. It's a, I, I, I was trying to get to what you just said there, Ray. And it was one of the things where he had already said, I'm a bad person. I'm not going to heaven. And then the kid says to him. You're not going to heaven because you're a bad person, and I'm not going to heaven because I'm not a person. It's so dope. That's such a cool little trailer moment. And, I mean, it raises a bit of an existential question, doesn't it? I mean, if AI is if AI sentient and actually alive, I mean, I'm not trying to get overly religious here, but, yeah, do you have to be, do you have to be a I person? I believe most religions would fall in line with needing to have a soul. Yeah, yeah, but that's true. Then now we can really existential because what can be considered a soul? Right. Dogs have souls. Apparently, I don't know. There's a cartoon about it. All dogs go to heaven. That's right. That was my way of transitioning out of a very topic that we could very <laughs> yeah. much fall into. Yeah. especially if it is Jewish Heritage Month. But uh, we won't get into. I mean, regardless of what you know, you could have a different belief regardless of what religion or heritage you have. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, well, we're, we're go ahead, Ray. I was going to say, well, at least the mission isn't impossible. 
Ah, nice segue, Ray. This is why he gets paid the big money, folks, because the last trailer in the trailer park is the, I don't think this is the first trailer, but it's the first bigger, biggest, bigger. It's not a teaser. It's an actual trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which aren't they going to split this into two movies? I'm pretty sure this is like Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, it makes me after watching this trailer, I'm like, God, I got to really get caught up with the Mission Impossible movies because this, uh, this actually looks pretty good. You know, Ethan Hunt is back. There's a lot of drama. There's an awesome fight on top of the train where uh, Tom Cruise's character barely avoids getting decapitated or impaled or just obliterated on the tunnel wall or whatever it is. But um, have you guys watched the Mission Impossible movies? And if so, are you eagerly anticipating what we think will be the first of the first part of the two part finale to the series? I think, Ray? No. Go ahead, Tony. Wow. I seen the first one. I didn't really follow along after that. I'm kind of over Tom Cruise, just like I'm over Harrison Ford. It's Indiana Jones. But it's interesting, though. This is like we've had three movies, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Creator, and Mission Impossible with some really good casts. You know, a really good ensemble of people working together. So there is something for everybody in those three movies and Haunted Mansion as well. That's a really good cast. So the only, one that, only one that really games. doesn't have the standout cast is uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. And they passed on Aesop, too. So what does that tell you about them? Yeah, I mean, he would have he would have turned that around. If they cast Aesop, we'd be like, yeah, now now we're talking. First I, night, yeah. If, I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is if A24 was doing it. Then Aesop would have been like, there. I'm, 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 I've reached the apex of everything. I am the apex predator. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do... It, it, it's a series that I know my wife's watched more of it than I have that every time I watch it, I enjoy it, but I'm just not caught up with all the movies and, and that sort of thing. Ray. Yeah. I appreciate mission impossible. And I appreciate the idea behind the movies and I appreciate when I say this, I'm being truly, truly as genuine as possible. I appreciate the seriousness of which Tom Cruise takes these movies to go as out far as out as he does and to do these stunts himself and should to like really be a part of the stunt team to try. I appreciate that because that means you give a shit about these movies, right? Well, he does his he does his stunts because it's the only time he feels alive due to Scientology. To just to see Thank religion, we just exactly. keep coming back to religion all show long. You know, it's a. Uh, I uh, yeah I, I I don't know I'm not sure if Pat's watched all the Mission Impossible's or not, uh, but. Yeah, for those people who are into the series, uh, this looks like a very where they are splitting the last one into two parts, right? If I I think so. Okay, so Dead Reckoning that's Part One, correct. and that's correct. This we'll, is Part One of the finale. All right, I it, it you know I it, it I will say this: the biggest compliment I can give it is like you're saying, good cast, and it makes me want to go and watch the rest of the movies. And I think for a trailer to kind of accomplish that, to say, oh shit, I really need to get caught up on this. That's that's yeah. an accomplishment. Does Fast X make you want to go watch the rest of the movie? I've watched up to like seven or eight, so I really only have to cu- get the uh, last couple ones. But if 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 Tom Cruise had some family, I'm in, baby. Ray, you just you just had to go there, didn't you? You know, it, it's if Patrick would have booed you for that. I'm just saying that that. Oh wait, hold on, Tony's going to accomplish something here. It's not the same, Tony, but you can boo it, but it's not the same. Never mind. <laughs> it's not spontaneous you know, anymore. It's planned. Well, that. And you don't have the disdain in your face that Patrick would have. Patrick would be disgusted with me right now. Oh, I'm getting there. <laughs> Patrick would be, <laughs> he would, eyes would be looking skyward, head 
back, just disgusted with everything Ray just said. How you can roll your eyes behind glasses is, I don't know, but he does. It, it takes talent. I mean, that's that takes some talent. Look at Tunney's doing it too. I mean, that's uh, there's some talented motherfuckers on this show. That's all I got to say. So, all right. Well, guys, that, that is, that's it, man. The trailer park five, very, I mean, they didn't, they were as far as like eclectic. Okay. We got that box check. Cause they're kind of all over the place between, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and ending up with Mission Impossible, a little bit of a difference in the scale of where we are, and that's that's cool. But good stuff, good trailers. We are going to take our first commercial break. Before we do, Tony, should we remind them where they can get their hands on some of that sweet chair shot merch? Ray's like, yeah, no, have your, no yeah. yeah, we can. Uh, have your have your nipples have your nipples been left out in the open? Try picking up a, a, a tank top from. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Hey, we got your nipples covered. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promo code hard nipples. Promo code ice ice baby. We'll be right back. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc why should you visit thechairshot.com thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews news opinion and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan thechairshot.com always use your head man we got to get chris to like edit that and where he says hard hitting can we just dub in hard nipples instead yeah why don't you yeah you get a hold of chris and try and get him to do something you want me to call him <laughs> i for the record i asked him if he wanted to come on the show he was like yeah i'm gonna pass on that <laughs> yes, ever since he became a family man became a dad he's too busy for us peons That's he'll record true. if you go to his house Okay, well, that's that's something to keep in mind. I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, Chris, we're all going to show up at your house and record. You, you, Amber won't care. It's it's all good. So, Tony's like, yeah, she'll be fine fine with it. So, anyway, let's uh, let's get back to it. We got some news around the nerdosphere. Quite a bit of uh, stuff to talk about. The first story is uh, we've talked Eddie Murphy when we talked about Haunted Mansion. Ray mentioned the original Haunted Mansion movie. Eddie Murphy was the star of that. Well. He's going to be starring in something else and and I guess making a little bit of history as we go along is Eddie Murphy has been cast as the first black Inspector Clouseau and I guess they're going to reboot the Pink Panther series. Uh, I, you know, I'll turn it over to, to, to Ray first for obvious reasons. Uh, your th- thought, I mean, it's like to me, it's like, OK, Inspector Clouseau is kind of cool, but. Tony, you're white. We're white. We have no room to talk about any of this shit. So, you know, we'll let, we'll let, we will let Ray <laughs> talk about it. Um, I, you know, I think it's cool that he's going to be the first one to do it. I'm not sure Inspector Clouseau, 
I don't know, man. I've liked the movies. I'm not sure as far as clout wise that it, it it's a it's a real needle mover. But I defer to you, Ray. And what do you think about this? I am slightly confused. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, know, I know the Pink Panther is an institution in comedy and whatnot, right? I get it. It's Red Crusoe in particular. His name is Ray. And but I'm slightly confused today about this bit. I, I I never looked at it. Maybe this is me being ignorant, which is possible. But I never looked at Inspector Clouseau as a white dude. I looked at him as a French dude who's markedly stupid. So the fact that it made a big deal that the black dude is playing it kind of buries the lead, you know. But maybe I'm different. Maybe maybe people looked at him as an inherently white person. But there were black French folk people, for the record. So, Diary Henry says hi. So, I don't know, man. You know, I, the fact that we got another, the biggest issue is we got another fucking Pink Panther reboot. We don't need another one of those. So, I don't really care that we're doing it again. But, A. Murphy will be perfect in the role because who's played it before? I know um, Steve Martin did it pretty yeah, well Steve for Steve Martin. Minute. Peter Sellers, I think, is the one who's best known okay. as Inspector Clouseau. Uh, so, he falls right in line with that, with that kind of thing. Peter Sellers always kind of reminded me of Groucho Marx a little bit, you know, as far as the mannerisms and the things that he did. Yeah. But um, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Ray. I, I don't, it, it's cool. And I'm sure Eddie Murphy feels very honored and, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is, this is awesome. We're going to get, you know, a, a, a black lead to play Inspector Clouseau. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's like, you know, it, it's not like, <laughs> let's be honest with the stuff we do. It's not like we're saying, we got a black Clark Kent. Now that's different story. You know, if you get something like that, but it's, well, you talk about that casting, you know, iconic characters in, in maybe unfamiliar or unexplored, um, ethnicities, little mermaid. We just brought it up before. Right. I mean, I think one of the most heartwarming things I've seen on social media is little black girls reacting to the trailer for the little mermaid and seeing Ariel is black and like looking at their mom and going with a huge smile of, of, of joy on their face going, she's, she's black, you yeah. know, like I've seen that and it like, it tugs at my heartstrings. So I don't understand why this can't happen. I have zero problems with it. And I would be willing to venture Eddie's doing this because he was a fan of what Peter Sellers did. I would bet dollars to donuts. That's why he's doing and certainly we, Steve we've Martin. Had the conversation. He's certainly a fan of Steve Martin. Well, him and Steve Martin are friends. Both exactly. you know, the Anchos, I mean, um, no, we, we we've had this conversation many times before. And at least my perspective on the situation is that the if the if the if the if the character's race is important to the character, then you don't change it. T'Challa can't be a white dude, right? I get that. Steve, um, Chris, uh, uh, Steve Rogers can't be a black dude. It just can't be because the character, the racism is integral to that character. The Little Mermaid is in the Caribbean. She was going to be black anyway, right? And so, I, I, especially so, I never, I, never in any of the movies, never in any of the books, did they talk about his white heritage or his, the fact that he was blonde. It, no, it never talked about that. It just talked about that he's basically a dumbass. So I don't really see the issue here. But again, I don't really care for the Pink Panther that much. So. But you, Tony, you're absolutely right. Like, it, it's a big deal, and but that's the problem I think with a lot of people is that you're catering to other people and not them. So, 
Yeah, I think it, it'll be it'll be good. I mean, I'm sure Eddie Murphy will do a, a hell of a job as Inspector Clouseau. And I mean, like like Ray, you're talking about bumbling, kind of buffoonish sort of inspector. Eddie can pull that off probably better than anybody any of the rest of them have ever done. Nutty Professor. Yeah. Listen, is it everybody? Does anybody have it? a problem with them playing Nutty Professor instead of Jerry Lewis? No, nope. Because that character wasn't a white dude. The character was a nerdy dude who became suave. So we, we could we could all be the nutty professor then nerdy. Was well, so yeah. at the top of everybody? Was it at the top of all Eddie Murphy fans' list for him to play this character? No. Will it likely be good? Yes. Would I like him to see do some stand up again? Yes, even more so. But this is what we got. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's switch over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we're going to talk some Marvel. You know, we'll, we'll even we'll even throw a little Marvel music in here at, at this point because we're going to be spending some Marvel time here for the next few minutes. I, I may put in the other music anyway, just I may not. <laughs> um, this first casting roundup, this got more attention. I, I don't think any of us who read this as far as like, oh, Seth Rollins is going to be in Captain America 4. We're like thinking, oh, my God, Seth Rollins in Captain America. I think it's more of the, the stupid, ridiculous rumors that came out of this uh little bit part that he's got in this movie that we don't really know other much about other than he's going to be part of the serpent society but the uh the wrestling dirt sheets took this and ran i know we don't really talk wrestling much on this show but i think it's kind of it's kind of topical here it ties in uh the wrestling dirt sheets that took this appearance of seth rollins in captain america 4 and said it was going to somehow jeopardize the chances of him being the world heavyweight champion uh are laughable at best so first off I mean, I'll say it. Seth Rollins. Look, Seth being a part of the MCU. Look, the guy can act. We all know he's got lots of charisma. Seth is one of these guys like, OK, stretch your legs a little bit. Start dabbling in some of these other things. Roman's done it with, you know, the fast universe. Ray Hobbs and Shaw, that sort of thing. See, I've seen some of this stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Seth Rollins being first off, I'll throw it to I'll throw it to you first, Ray. Seth Rollins in Captain America four is is there is that a, is that a big deal, or is it just because the dirt sheets made a big deal out of something that isn't a big deal at all? So so no, the fact that he's a wrestler being away is not a big deal, but it's funny because the fan conversation got so big. AJ brought it up on SmackDown saying that Seth Rollins is over there on the movie in Hollywood on the movie studio, and I'm here ready to. Re- you know, that's my agent's house, by the way. Um, but no, I think it's a big deal for this reason in particular. It continues to show the mainstreamness of how wrestling has gotten. That a guy like Seth Rollins, who is a top star, but isn't the star. You used to have to be the star to get looked at, you know, for roles, right? Seth Rollins is a star, not the star. And the fact that he's called to be in this role and what we know about captain america new world order captain america 4 is that the leader sam stern is supposed to be the bad guy but the leader don't fight so clearly he has people that does his bidding for him so seth is going to be essentially one of the main henchmen of the movie 
who was who was a wrestler that played a henchman that made his whole career? Batista, Mr. Hinks, and and um whatever, Spectre, Scotch, one of them, right? So I think it's a big deal. It's also funny to me that his wife was cast as a Marvel character before him and got written out of two movies now, and Seth snuck his ass and got in the movie before she did, even though she has a character actually in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's funny to me. But he'll kill it. And he's the perfect guy for, I think, the situation in that he has a great look, an unmistakable look. That laugh has got to be in the in the movie, right? But also to see the to look just his build, kind of like GSP playing uh, Batrock, his build against a guy like Sam or even uh, your boy, the new Falcon, Joaquin Torres. That should be really fun. Um, I want to let Tony speak before I actually speak about something about the plot that I want to point out to you. Are you sure? So we got the Service Society, right? The beauty of the Service Society is there's been so many iterations that we don't know what they're running. But there are, there's one main person of the Service Society we know that is like huge, huge, huge. That's Viper, a.k.a. Madam Hydra. So I don't know if that's involved because apparently uh, Val is supposed to be Madam Hydra in some form or fashion. But you know we've seen two other people in the MCU or in the Marvel Marvel shows already that were supposed to be Service Society members. Do you know who they are? Go ahead, Ray. Luke, Tell us. Luke, in Luke Cage, Mahershala Ali was Cottonmouth Service Society. And his uh, Luke Cage's brother, the main villain of uh, the end of second one, Diamondback, the big swole dude who shot him and, and pierced, it, pierced his skin, another member of the Service Society. So I wonder, Cottonmouth is dead in the parlance of the, the Defenders verse. Are we going to see any anything come back from those from those shows? Are we going to see um, Shades? Are we going is going to see Diamondback come back? Like I'm curious because if you're having the Service Society and we don't know who's a part of it, could, I'm interested to see how they play. It. Could Captain America: New World Order be a way to bring Luke Cage into the MCU? Well, what I know is this: Daredevil for sure is back. Punisher for sure is back. Jessica Jones is supposed to be back. Why not bring Luke? In fact, don't you have to? By the way, Kingpin, I, I would bring them all back. I know people don't like Finn Jones as Iron Fist. Fuck it, bring him back and tell him you got six months, get your shit together, learn how to fight. We're good. I, but I, I don't see why you wouldn't because now we're going into this world where we're mostly versal, right? So we're going into this world where Secret Wars and King Dynasty and all is happening, and we've gotten so cosmic that you're gonna have to start showing back what's happening on streets. And with Cap being, essentially, I know he's the leader of the Avengers and so on and so forth, but he's a dude. So essentially, he's a street-level he's a street level hero who just happens to go bigger. It would behoove him, if he's going to be in New York especially, to have them dudes to pop up. I don't see why they wouldn't. And then the guys that they fight, Kingpin is going to be a major player. Bullseye, especially since he got the cybernetic shit after Daredevil beat him, he going to come back, right? Like, I, I just think it would behoove them to integrate these things because there's so many more stories you can add and you can play, right? If you really want to really want to play with it, um, I know they didn't get together in the in the in the Defenders verse, but Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' daughter end up being the new Captain America down the line. You already got Elijah going to be Patriot clearly very soon. There's so many things you could integrate and have some small secondary or tertiary storylines going on. But everything ain't got to be oh well they're big and they're cosmic, so I got to go to the space. Got some stuff on the ground. 
Well, Why not? Right. And we used to talk about on the show a lot how that's what made the MCU so great was that they had this great balance between street level and cosmic stuff. And it would alternate. Like one movie would be street level. The next would be cosmic. And it seems like maybe part of what ha- went ra- off the rails a little bit with phase four, they slanted too much to the cosmic side and not enough for the street level, which are the characters that we could probably relate to. I mean, we all can relate to Captain America and, and Luke Cage and, and the Punisher a little bit easier than Thor, who's a god, um, and that sort of thing. And to that point, to your point, a lot of the stuff that's happened recently, Miss Marvel, even though she's a cosmic hero, was on the ground. Echo's show is coming up here at the end of the season, at on the end the ground, of the year. Ground based. Yeah, it's on ground thing. Like, there's, they're, they're, they're trying to kind of even it out a little bit more now. Right. Yeah. They, they, that would be, that would be good for them. I think they need to go back to kind of a back to formula to steal from Norman Osborn in the first Spider-Man. Tony, Seth Rollins in the MCU. Uh, are, what are your thoughts on this thing? And, and it did, of course, the dirt sheets overreact and create issues where there were none. No, they never you know, do I that. Drop that in the chat just to see what people would say. Like, I don't really care. Uh, I think it's great for him. I don't think it's that surprising considering his wife and she's going to make it onto the screen one of these days. Um, and, and wrestlers are known to bring uh, eyeballs with them that may not necessarily have grabbed them to begin Fan with. Base, yeah. um, and they've been known to be prepared and easy to work with. So not surprising at all to me. Well, I, that's why I don't understand why wrestlers don't get more love on TV or movies anyway, because they are some of the most prepared people when it comes to scripts, because they get scripts literally sometimes an hour before the show comes on and got to nail it in front of all their Broadway actors, essentially. Right. So that's why I never understood why they didn't get more looks because they're you said it perfectly, Tony. They're more prepared than a ton of people out there. Yeah, exactly. And um, <laughs> the notion that Seth's first foray really into the world of uh, of cinema, I don't know if he's been in anything else. Sharknado Four. Oh, fuck. Anyway, Seth Rollins' first foray into real cinema. Then you know that sort of thing. I don't know how that translates into. Oh, he's a part timer. He can't be the world heavyweight champion because he's a part timer. It's asinine. But yeah, hopefully they find a way to get his wife involved, and maybe she'll be a new world order. That'd be kind of fun. The two of them show up together. I just, I just want them to tell us who she is. Because you, know, you know who she's going to be, Ray. You know who she's going to be. Mephisto. Exactly. <laughs> I pushed so hard for her to be Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah, yeah, I think. But, but, the, but the girl playing Elsa is dope. In with, the, that, where with, that, with that red hair, man, she could be Jean Grey if they were to actually go down that path. But can she do an American accent? She she could she did the Jersey accent playing um, City Lopper, but I don't know if she could do like isn't Jean like super Midwestern? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't heard Becky try it yet, but she's she's got she's got kind of the character. But uh, that's that's a big that's a big role if you're talking about rebooting the X Men. Anyway, uh, let's let's move on to some different casting room. And I mean, nothing right now. And I'll throw this out to you guys. They're the biggest thing going right now in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, other than Jonathan Major's status, is who is being cast as the Fantastic Four. I, I don't think there's. Eddie and that and Deadpool three leaks and things that I've read about uh, that. That's kind of interesting to read. Say, yeah, that might actually work. But um, this Fantastic Four casting rumor, uh, we've talked about it several times on the show. Adam Driver as Reed Richards seems to be, I'd say, 70 percent likely at this point in time, based on everything I've seen. Um, 
Whoever's going to be cast for Sue Storm, lots of Margot Robbie momentum seems to be building in that direction. So I'm all in favor of that. Get Margot involved in the, in the MCU. You know, I, I think the characters who are going between the two universes are going to be really important because, you know, they're going to have a, a big perspective. Uh, but we may have had some, and I've heard some weird stuff about the thing. Like, I don't know, before we get to who is being rumored to be cast, there was a, another rumor going around that um, Mila Kunis, you know, who we talked about her before and her little tidbits and hints that she's dropping. There are rumors they were going to cast her as a female version of the thing. I don't know if you guys oh, have wow. heard that. Yeah, I was like, no. oh, wait, what? Um, I'm okay with it. Are you? Sure. I it, it, I don't think it would work only because of the dynamic of of the, of Ben Grimm. I don't and, think it's going to happen. And, and, no. and, and uh, Reed Richards. Because the whole point is Reed Richards was supposed to be the bully that was always protected by Ben. And so unless you got going to have Mila out here beating regular dudes' asses at five foot two, I don't know if that the dichotomy works. You mentioned earlier, Ray, about... You know, if race is, is integral to a role, you know, then you don't have a problem with it being, you know, let's set in stone whether it's white, whether it's black. And if it's not integral, yeah. then whatever. This is one of these situations where it is is gender integral to the role of the thing. And I wouldn't, you know, I hate going down that path. But when I look at the thing, um, I mean, I guess I guess a female version of I mean, it's it's the same the same sort of cosmic force deformity whether it's male, female really wouldn't matter. But I think, you know, I think it's a hell of a risk to take when you're trying to reboot and get this series and this family. Yeah. Right. I, don't think you see, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's a hell of a risk to take. Um, I don't, I, like I said earlier, I'm not opposed to it, but I just don't think it happens. Especially and you, and you, what this movie's supposed to be. And you, and you're thinking of it after she's already turned to the thing. I'm thinking of that when they start, when they, they have, they're going to have to show some, before and my bigger issue isn't that it's a woman although i think that could be very dicey again with the relationship between the whatever grim character is going to be and uh reed but also that being the coolness is really short now if you tell me it's charlie's theron i may because she's like an amazon that could really feasibly beat somebody ass that's the only thing for me because ben grim was a badass who protected reed his whole life so, let, so that's the only thing that makes it weird for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a strange rumor and I don't, I don't even know where I heard it, but I've heard it from, that's a weird thing. I've heard it from multiple places, places that this was something that was in discussions or being planned and it didn't work out. Okay. Uh, but this article we got from Pat indicates that David Diggs, I think, you know, that's like interesting. It's like my name pronounced, but they've really accentuated like the, uh, the I in there. But interestingly enough, you know, David Diggs, Jewish, like Ben Grimm, like myself, Jewish Heritage Month. Mazel tov, everybody. Drink some Manischewitz and call it good. David Diggs is Jewish? Huh? What's that? David Diggs is Jewish? I think that's what I read in the article. Didn't you Didn't you guys read that? Or I did, but you're talking about the same, the black dude with, yeah. the, with the dress, right? That's, that's, that, I don't know. That's what read. Talk to me. I don't know. I got I got to read it again, but it sure seemed like they were saying that it's a good casting because he's Jewish, Ben's Jewish. I'm like, oh, all right. Um, maybe I, maybe I'm, I, maybe I am hallucinating. It, it's quite possible. I'll take it. I'll take it. He's, he's a fantastic actor, by the way. So yeah, I was going to ask. You know, you're uh, you're probably more familiar with him. I know he's uh, he's a rapper and has done done a lot of musical stuff. But 
Um, you know, as far as like just calling like, him a rapper is kind of funny because okay. he only rapped in Hamilton. Okay, <laughs> he's not a rapper. All right, <laughs> no. Um, I, but I, I get your reasoning behind that because he's a very major character. Aaron, I'm reading. Secondly, Diggs himself shares a parallel with Ben Grimm from the comics, as both the actor hey. and the character are Jewish. This aspect of the casting decision is particularly particularly significant in light of recent criticisms aimed at Marvel for failing to hire actors who align with the religious and ethnic backgrounds of their characters. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, yeah, that that's cool. Uh he I'm not familiar enough with his acting. He certainly from the from the build of his body, he looks a little bit more like Ben Grimm than uh, than Mila would. That's uh for damn sure. But Ray, are you more familiar with this guy, and and what does he bring to the table, as far as Ben Grimm slash the thing? Well, number one, he has a. I know this is going to sound a little weird, but he has a very iconic voice. He has a very unmistakable voice. And when you're going to play the thing, so much as mocap, having a voice helps, right? I think Michael Chiklis did okay with the voice part of it, but like he has that number one. Number two, I think he's a fantastic actor to begin with. Everything he's been in, you know, major roles in Hamilton. He was the dude on the um, Snowpiercer TV show. He's the main character of that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, okay. That's where he looks familiar. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So based, like, based solely on, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I know my wife watched it. I'm like, okay, yeah. Thinking back to him, is like, okay, he could he could definitely bring a performance to the thing that's that's right in line with, uh, with what you're looking for. So, yeah. Tony, are you familiar with this actor? And, and what do you think about him potentially being cast as the Ben Grimm slash the thing. Yeah. I, not uh, like overly familiar, but I, I know who we're talking about. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, like I said, the, the, the casting of being a, the thing, being a woman really wasn't, I, it's, it's the wrong time to do a move like that. Like we said before, with what the, where this movie is in the timeline of, of, of Marvel and, and the phase. So I'm okay with it. I totally am. 100%. I'm okay with Adam Driver. I'm okay with Margot Robbie. So we're good to go, I think, right now. I think the interesting thing is who's going to be, you know. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Johnny Storm, yeah. Johnny Storm. Two things real fast. Two things real fast. Number one, the the prevailing theory for that is Zac Efron, which I'm okay with. Really? Zac Efron is the human torch? I don't like that. I'm okay Uh, with it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm Especially if they're going with this whole they've been around since the 60s thing. I'm I'm really okay with him kind of playing like a grease averse to Johnny Storm. Like I, I I'm okay with him. He's Zach Efron is a much better actor than we give him credit for. But the second yeah, thing right. is I, I'm I, not I'm not saying that. I'm just like trying to like yeah, maybe. Um I have a question for you guys. We spoke a lot, we've spoken a lot in the past twenty minutes about characters and their race and does it affect if we know what we know and they're gonna stay comic book accurate, that Reed Richards is basically the descendant for or of Kang, and we know Kang is a black dude. Does that behoove Marvel to make read a black dude? Uh, I mean, and, and real, real quick, just to add, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that generations down you can go from white to black. That that makes that makes sense. But all the Kings are black. Yeah, which this makes makes me question: Do we need to? Go that route. See, like, like going back to what we've talked about, what you're talking about, you know, is race integral to that character with Reed Richards? I say no. It, you, you could easily make, you could easily make him, make him a, a black actor. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure if, you know, everything is, is, I know you don't like the, the call of Adam driver as Reed Richards and, and Tony and I are a little bit more, oh, yeah, that, that might work. Um, just 
just depends on things. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. They, they could do something like that. I tell you that that's what I'm saying. The, the, the biggest thing going right now with Marvel is, is, <laughs> is the casting of the fantastic four. Cause we know Marvel's has, has a great track record of getting it right. Um, they probably have not been under any more pressure than this to get it right. Except for maybe Robert well, Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Not just the fact of their track record of getting it right, but how wrong this story was cast the first, you know, the last time we, we saw it on, on uh, the big screen. Oh, you're talking about the Miles Teller KMR. Right. And I think, and I think Marvel will learn from, from that. And I mean, there was nothing, nothing inherently wrong with, you know, casting who, who was uh, Johnny Storm, Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the cast. I, I didn't have a problem with the cast. It's just that people weren't, <laughs> people just weren't going to ready to accept that dynamic of the Fantastic Four. Never mind the fact that the movie was just god awful, and, and it didn't matter cast, who you. I, I, I didn't love the cast, but I didn't think it was their fault either. I just meant like the movie was not good. It was awful. I mean, there's so many problems with it. The whole introduction. Let's introduce Doctor Doom in the last two minutes. What could go wrong, right? That sort of thing. So. Um, I, you know, I think, I think maybe that Marvel will take a, you know, and that was a little thinking outside the box, the way that they set up the, uh, Johnny storm and Sue storm as far as a uh, brother and sister and, and how, how that came to be where I think Marvel might say, let's play a little bit closer to the vest. Let's not cast a female as, as this thing. Let's, uh, let's not, let's not deviate too far down the path of what we want to do but they've got to get this right because i we've talked about it many times on the show um it's the first family of marvel comics and you know we've debated it and there's i know we've had split opinions and split decisions as far as how important is this how important is the fantastic four to the mcu we know how important they've been to marvel comics but does that translate over is this is this is this the a critical piece that they have to absolutely get right? Or are they kind of like, Hey, as long as it's better than the other train wrecks that we've had, we're golden. I have a question for both of you. Then just give me a quick answer. If you can, if you don't mind going forward, looking at the future of the MC, what do you think means more to the bottom line in the future of Marvel in general, the fantastic four or the X-Men? I'd say X-Men <clears throat> probably. I mean, I say that, but if anything Kang related that doesn't involve the Fantastic Four is is a little bit like he they're they're so intertwined with each other, right? Let, let me well Tony, go ahead real fast. Well, let me tell you, I think it's the Fantastic Four, and the reason why I think that is because everybody knows X Men gonna make money even if the movies are shit. We know that history has shown us that, right? True. So, but the Fantastic Four is a genuinely untapped market. If you get it and you can do it in a way that makes sense and is done right, that could be, and I don't mean to disrespect the Fantastic Four by comparing them to these guys, but you'll get the comparison I'm making. That could be your next Guardians level group where these movies will make you seven to eight, seven hundred to a billion dollars, if not more, you know, and, and, and the story, Reed Richards is so important to so many stories and the thing in, 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 in Marvel, the thing has been in every major group. He's a Guardian of the Galaxy most recently like you know nobody talks about the fact that sue storm is one of the most powerful people in the world in fact if you talk you want to go deep um uh valeria and what's the little boy franklin nathan franklin and franklin franklin's the most powerful most powerful mutant on the earth 
Like, there are so many stories you can tell with those four, eventually six people, that I really think it, you like really you would do some shit. Well, I'll say this, and with all due respect to Shuri and Riri, Riri, um, with Tony Stark being dead, you've got to get Reed Richards in there. He's the smartest man in the agree. world. And I think, I you know, to have a Tony Stark-ish character now, let's be honest, Reed Richards and Tony Stark, philosophically, personality-wise, morality-wise, are pretty damn different from each other. But from an intelligence level, even Tony Stark would say Reed's smarter than me. And that's saying a lot for a guy with the ego of Tony Stark. But we've seen Tony said Bruce is smarter than him. Yeah, yeah. And I they're different kind of intelligence, but um, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, I think from the standpoint of a Tony Stark type figure or an intelligence level, somebody who can figure these things out. Shuri's great. Riri's great. You got to get that Reed Richards character in there. So in that respect, I think you're right, Ray fantastic four to get that right is probably more important than the X-Men because we really, and the X-Men is like, you know, Wolverine's coming in in Deadpool three. Um, Probably uh, some of the leaks and some of the things I've heard are true then that's probably where all the X-Men are going to come in is in Deadpool 3 because the TVA and multi, multi, multiple um, timelines and things like that, you could probably possibly get a multiversal variant of the X-Men being injected into this universe. Ray I think no. we'll get... Well, I, you're not wrong. I think we'll get like maybe the last hurrah of the James Martin, Famke Jensen, those groups. But I think we don't get the real X-Men until it's time for Secret Wars when you have Battle World or an incursion, something happening. That's when you get the real one. So you think they'll do it like a multiverse of madness? They'll do like some fan service and end the Fox X-Men some way and then bring in a whole new. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad about it. And that that would make sense because Hugh Jackman is getting ripped for uh, Deadpool three. But that can't go on forever. So, you know, and we're looking. he doesn't want it to go on forever. 100%. 100%. The only reason he's doing this is because he never thought he could do it in the MCU. And Ryan Reynolds has a lot to do well, with that's that. Well, that's the, more, the, yeah. the, the, the best, best buddies. Uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do this thing. Um, let's switch away from... Tony, do you have anything else to add about Fantastic Four? You're, uh, talking Marvel Comics, and we're drawing dividing line. Okay, we're leaving MCU, talking Marvel Comics. Pat posted this story, caught the attention of a lot of us who are Marvel Comics fans, and kind of questioning why (laughs) so in an upcoming edition of spider-man the amazing spider-man comics i think i think that's what it is they have leaked the fact that they are going to kill off kamala khan miss marvel and this has created a pretty big uproar amongst comics enthusiasts and marvel fans as far as the timing of this and and how it couldn't possibly be worse because with everything going on with Marvel, with all this, you know, <laughs> misogynistic assholes everywhere, uh, racist assholes everywhere, the backlash that came against the Miss Marvel TV series, which are, honestly was probably right up there with any of them as the best TV, best streaming series that we've got for Marvel so far. Uh, Kamala Khan has broken through in the comics as one of the, if not the, certainly the most popular female character right now, I would say, in Marvel mm-hmm. comics. Um, the fact that they're going to kill her off and we all know, and we talked, we talked about in the chat, look, comic book characters, deaths are deaths in name only. They're very fleeting. They're transient. They come back to life. Hell, the mutants have already figured out a way basically to cheat death on command. So really, 
what does it matter? But and and it is sensationalism, and we've seen it, you know. And I go back to the most famous superhero death of all time, Superman, you know, and how iconic his death. His death was so iconic it made world headlines. This is a fictional fucking character, but the yeah. world stopped when that issue came out. I mean, literally, the world stopped because Superman died. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, granted. The death of Kamala Khan is not on that level. I think we all three of us would say it's a big deal. It's not that level. But no. still, when you've got Marvels coming out in a few months and Kamala Khan front and center at that sort of thing, and why would you kill off your most identifiable character? And everybody, I think Ray said it, Aesop has said it, that, go ahead, Tony, you got something to add in here. No, 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 go finish your, finish your thing. No, I'm just saying, like, a- Aesop said that the best part of that Marvel's trailer is Kamala Khan. She is the heart and soul of that movie. It is not Captain Marvel. It's not Monica Rambeau. It's, it's Kamala Khan. And killing her off in the comics, and we know that it, there is not a one-to-one translation between the comics and the MCU. We've seen that, I think, by now. We all accept that. You know, even somebody like Aesop who wants them to be, you know, pure to the comics, okay. strict to the comics. Even he has acknowledged the fact that, okay, they are not going to do that. So there is no crossover one-to-one sort of situation. But I'll turn it over to Tony first. Your thoughts, killing off a character of this magnitude, this close to a movie starring that very same character, and maybe she's brought back to life by the time we get to November. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on this thing? I mean, is this is this just bad timing? There's a lot of fat backlash that this is the worst possible time for the event them to be doing this no publicity is bad publicity um feels like a real reach to say look at us considering the timing the marvels looks fun i mean it looks fucking fun if you're trying to have fun in your life if you're trying to include fun in your daily routine which i suggest that movie looks great i i'm not i don't know i think this is overreaction um like you said this could be a brian griffin thing you know, uh, a major character is going to die. Oh, well, they're back or a dream sequence or whatever. The MCU is different, but it, it just seems like a, a timing thing. Hey, what's going to get us the most attention? We're currently involved with this character and and something big's about to happen on the big screen. So that's where I'm at with it. Tony raises something before I turn it over to you, Ray. And, and it just got me thinking that are they killing her off because Marvel's looks fun, but we all know it was the most disliked trailer ever, I think. Most disliked Marvel trailer ever. I loved it. Are, I did too. Are are they? Do you think Ray that they could be killing her off to try and maybe create some sympathy towards her to try and turn this negative perception about Miss Marvel around by the time the movie comes out that people will who aren't liking it maybe feeling a little bit differently about it. Well, in addition, drawing in the people that don't like the character, maybe. Right. No, I don't think that's why. I think it's truly the controversy creates cash ideology. But the problem is, and Tony brought up the most perfect example, Family Guy and Brian Griffin. Now, if I remember correctly, and hey, hey, Lois, you know when I thought it? Yeah, that was awesome. Here, but if I remember this correctly, there was never a plan to bring him back. He was gone and gone for good. But because the backlash was so ridiculous, they had to bring him back. And so Seth MacFarlane learned, I probably should have done that shit. And so... I, I'm wondering, is this a situation where I, so I get it, right? Every so often in comics, and I'm a comic book buyer, I know Dave is an OG comic book purchaser. Every so often, there's every three to six months, 
there there's a, a big new story or a big new thing or a big new this or something happens and someone dies or something happens. I get it, right? You gotta reinvigorate the viewers and the readers and the new shiny toy, right? Kamala's as hot as it gets. Kamala and Miles, comic book wise, are as hot as it gets. The thing that we're not talking about about this Kamala story isn't just that Kamala dies. It's that Kamala dies and essentially the whole story is built for Peter Parker to be the main guy again. That adds to the story because I'm not these 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 forgive the term forgive the the term, but platitudes don't matter to me in, in the sense. But you're killing Kamala during AAPI month, and then you're propping up an OG character who's been around for 60, 70 years, who's the quintessential white dude. So it's like, hmm, I don't think that doesn't bother me as much. What bothers me is you're going to kill the person people are buying to read and to see with the hopes that people are going to keep buying to see what happens. When in actuality, what's probably going to happen is nobody's going to buy shit anymore at all. And then you're going to be like, oh, well, that was stupid. I remember when Secret Wars 2 happened and Carol killed... Um, Tony, essentially, which led to Tony's um, having his AI, which ended up being the AI for uh, Riri for a minute before she made Natalie. And then they just had stories of Tony, Tony's AI being the new Iron Man. And then, like, six months later, oh, hey, Tony, what's up? Tony back. So, like, what are we really doing? I, it's, just, it's just a stupid ideology between comics. And I think there should be some more, some more synergy between the Marvel comics and Marvel MCU, but famously, tell me if I'm wrong, Dave, but you, you, I know you remember this. Famously, when the when the Fantastic Four kept bombing in theaters, they just stopped making Fantastic Four comics. That's the reason why Human Torch went and hung out with the Inhumans, and Reed became the maker, and just like his variant became like the worst bad guy out there, and things went to space because they killed the Fantastic Four because they're like, if we're not gonna make no money in the movies, we're not gonna do them on the comics. So, I don't know. Is I poor matter back? Is he over there in the comics now? Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. What's that? What was that last part? Remember Ike, the dude that was like killing Marvel TV and all this stuff that yeah. Kevin Feige got ran off? Yeah. yeah. Is, is he back in the comics? Because this seems like a, one of his decisions. I don't know. I, I don't think so. But I think, you know, like, like you guys were saying, controversy creates cash. And. When these big, I mean, it, you know, the only permadeaths you get in comics are some of these little bit characters who don't really matter to the grand scheme of things. When you get to stuff like Death of Superman or uh, Captain America getting shot and dying on the steps of the Capitol, huge emotional moments. Peter Parker getting killed in the Ultimate Comics, uh, you know. Um, Death of Wolverine. Yeah, Death of Wolverine. Flash dying in Crisis of Infinite Earth. It's one of the most iconic scenes ever in the comics. Or Superman carrying Supergirl's body. Or, the, or Batman sacrificing himself in Final Crisis. Those moments, even though none of them were permanent, are so hugely emotional to the people who watch this, or not watch this, read these comics and, and have grown up with these characters and are so emotionally invested in these characters that it's traumatic to see, you know, I, I'm still traumatized by the death of Superman and watching that last episode where every single fucking panel was a full page. Every single him and Doomsday killing each other. Um, this the death of Kamala Khan has that sort of gravitas to it. She's a big enough character that her death is going to be emotionally charged. It is going to draw eyeballs to Marvel Comics, right or wrong. Whether you agree with the decision or not, it is going to be a controversial moment 
that has already got the world talking and the fucking thing hasn't even come out yet. And it's just also, a, it's just a leak and everybody's talking about it. Also, they've already feigned her death before because if you guys read the champions books and uh, which is basically all the young heroes, it's Viv Vision and Kamala and Miles and uh, Sam Alexander is Nova and a few other people, right? Um, the new wasp and all like a bunch of people. Um, they, uh, they did the Superhuman Registration Act, which basically barred teenagers from being superheroes unless they were sponsored by a adult hero. And the champions were running, trying to do it. And of course, they were doing it against the law. And they went and did something at a school and the school got blown up and Kamala got hurt. And they created Kamala's law, right? They had in the law and all this stuff. So, like, they've already feigned and played with her possibly being killed then. So, like, you can't keep playing with people, bro. You just can't keep. And then not not with the people that everybody wants to read. Just right. right. Yeah, I mean, like, how many times have they killed off a version of Captain Marvel? He was in the male. Marvel got cancer. It's like, I mean, I still remember that. Like, wait, superhero got cancer? We can't cure this? The cosmic force can't cure this shit? But no. It didn't. Um, but anyway, you know, we've seen ca- Captain Marvel in various iterations succumb to certain things. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, it, it's it'll it'll be temporary. There's nobody out there. I don't know one person who's read anything about this who says, yeah, this is permanent. It's just create some emotion, draw some eyeballs to this thing. Do I think it'll create a sympathetic kind of tenor for Miss Marvel? Maybe. I don't know if it's going to change anything by the time the movie comes out or soften any of these pricks. Uh, opinions about this whole thing who are out there probably not they're like good killer but you know i still you still gotta watch your ass on tv that's right and not enough people who read the comics and care about what happens in the comics are gonna be the people actually buying watching the movie right it's just not enough right right and i mean it'll be for those of us who like the comics it'll be emotional certainly but anyway yeah that's that's uh interesting timing with with this particular character it's like we can't kill off anybody else miss marvel okay Let's let's roll with it. So anyway, uh, guys, I think it's time to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the ongoing writer's strike. It's affecting another one of the series that we all know and love. And uh, Disney getting rid of a bunch of stuff on Disney Plus. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds, part of the Chairshot Radio Network right here on the Chairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, guys, we're back for the last aspects of this edition of Bandwagon Nerds, episode 184, I believe, as the March to 200 continues on the streak continues on it's that we are we are rapidly surplanting surpassing moving right past undertaker rest in peace speaking of resting in peace uh this writer strike getting it keeps on going on we're now into what a week three i think of this whole damn thing um we've already seen how it's affected uh one of the shows that we like cobra kai season six probably more than likely being delayed because we're not getting content out mandalorian season four now also getting delayed. Uh, Patrick speculated in the rundown that this strike might last a little bit longer than we thought it would. And I think part of that is, looks like it's, and, and you know, we we talked about this before, you know, when the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit took place. Um, What, 2021, I think is when we started talking about that. She, said she sued because she felt like the uh, simul, or not the uh, 
the simultaneous release uh, to theaters and to Disney Plus robbed her of money. And we commented, I specifically remember listening back to it at the time, we commented on the fact that these studios hadn't captured the dynamic of streaming and the revenue and how that had changed things. And like I, the article that Pat had sent us, I was reading it. And I noticed it's like, okay, this is a couple weeks old, but uh, it did have some very interesting stuff about streaming residuals and mm-hmm. why these writers who have struck feel like whatever deal that they were been operating under for the past couple years did not capture that new dynamic very well. And I would say they're probably right because y- you look at stuff now, everything's going to streaming. Um, if it's in theaters, the run is very, I mean, shit stuff's in theaters exclusively for what, three weeks. And then it's Unless your top gun, unless your top gun. That's right. That's the only one that I, that is literally like I saw super Mario is already streaming. I'm like, wow, oh, that wow. was fucking fast. Um, evil dead rise already streaming. You know, you can get all this stuff. It, it's just, it's lightning fast. And I think when you look at what the writers are striking about and you know, everything else that kind of ties into that. Yeah, if if they uh, if the people in charge don't figure this out pretty quick and do something to capture the fact that hey, we're three years into this pandemic, dipshits, and you guys still haven't quite figured out the fact that the landscape has changed and you need to change with it. Yeah, this strike could go on for quite a while. Tony, I turn over to you. What are you thinking about this, man? This is a. I didn't think it'd be a quick strike, but I agree with Pat. This might go on longer than we thought it would. I think the shortest strike was three months and the last one was six months. So think about how much content you have on your list to watch as far as streaming and even in your DVR, if you have both of those things. Well, there's already that much more in the can for all of these companies. So I could see this being the longer kind of strike deal. It it gets my attention now and I'm willing to talk about it because I'm not going to talk about millionaires versus billionaires, i.e. Scarlett Johansson versus, you know, the production companies or whatever's going on there. But when it comes to the writers, we're talking about people that actually make a wage that is closer to, uh, you know, the middle-class person. And if not right in that same place, depending on what they're working on. So to not have the health benefits that other people would in the same, you know, class or the guarantee of, of, you knowing that we're producing this much more for you now, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to bleed out at least until early fall. Um, I think it's going to get to a point where a lot of these companies companies are going to go, especially the networks. We need new content before Christmas, not after Christmas. So that's where I'm looking where this goes. So I think I'd sit back and relax for a while. It's not happening during the summer. It might happen early fall, but likely I bet this deal goes through before Halloween so that we get some new content the few weeks lead up to the Christmas vacation and then finish these seasons rapidly uh, end of winter into spring and early summer next year. Yeah. I'm like uh, reading through deadlines, uh, latest stuff on what's going on, talking about all strikes have merits. It's an unprecedented time, especially when it comes to sharing the data. Um, yeah. I think, I think like you're saying, Tony, this is going to be the longer variety I'm looking at. You could be looking at six months, which really, you know, if you're talking what six months from now, that that's right. Thanksgiving, that sort of area right in that. Yeah. I think you got to do something by then you got to fish or cut bait. These guys have got to figure this thing out because it, it starts to really impact, you know, when Cobra Kai gets delayed, when, um, Mandalorian season four gets delayed. what happens at the last season of stranger things? That's a big deal. 
you know that that's out there as well as like you look at you look at shows that are in between seasons that are coming up with things that people really even care more about. i think even more so though is things we don't necessarily cover on this show is primetime network television during the right. week right? saturday night live that well i mean I'm, I'm talking more so like monday through thursday from 8 p.m eastern until 11 p.m eastern on on three of the four networks that are the majors so once that content backs up for the people that don't necessarily want to spend money on, on entertainment, you know, and they, you know, still getting money for commercials on all those TV shows. But if there aren't new, the people aren't going to watch and maybe they subscribe to a streaming. And maybe that's what streaming is relying on, too, is to balance it out with these people that don't actually going to have anything to watch on network television. I'll pick one of these that I can do for five, ten dollars a month and actually Holy shit! Look at all this content I've never even had access to before. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like just looking through all this stuff, like, uh, and you got like guys from Star Trek from pre- prior generations and from newer generations all joining the picket line to try and throw support behind the uh, the striking writers guild. Uh, reading comments from the Cobra Kai actors who are like, "This really sucks. We should be shooting right now. We're not." Because there's a strike. So yeah, Cobra Kai, if you think that it's all written and filmed and they're just like, oh, this is going to delay it, you're wrong because they haven't written hardly any of it and it's not shooting right now. So that's a that's a big problem. Schmigadoon, there's another one. That's one of the Apple TV series that has been pretty good. There's another one that's probably been impacted. But but Key is a, is a writer himself, you know, so he gets that, right? He does. That does. That makes sense. Absolutely. And I think at the heart and soul of this thing is, is it's not like you said, it's not really millionaires versus billionaires. This is like content creators versus the, the man for lack of a better term. For sure. To, no, I agree to, to try and to, they're just like, you know, you guys aren't getting the picture. And we've seen this time and time again, that it is some short sightedness on the people at the top of the mountain, not wanting to share the wealth and not, not reacting to the fact that, hey, you've got a different dynamic here. You've got you. You guys still haven't adjusted to this thing. And I think like you're like you're saying, Tony, until they make this adjustment, the strike's going to go on and it could be a long one. I mean, I'm thinking I tend to agree with you that six months around November, you know, that sort of thing. That's 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 when you're going to start seeing people that uh, pucker factor is going to get a lot bigger. You go into the holiday season with absolutely nothing. That's um that's going to be a problem. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's a it's a it's a rotten situation. Ray would be commenting right now, but he's he's busy. He's what is he doing? Ordering DoorDash or something? What is he? What is he? He's on the phone. He's having a stern talking to uh with Cristobal right now. Is he? Is Cristobal back? I thought we dropped him off somewhere, but I guess uh I guess he we picked him up and Ray's saying, Look, I told you. This is how okay, anyway. So uh, last topic we're going to talk about is uh, Disney Plus. You know, in the midst of this, in the midst of this writer strike impacting content coming out, there's a mass exodus of content leaving Disney Plus, going I don't know where. I mean, and, and Disney, of course, is in the crosshairs of everything right now. They're uh, what did they do this week? Two thousand workers that were going to transfer from California to Florida. Disney said, "No, nah, forget that. We're not going to be doing that." Um, so that ups the ante as far as that whole uh, situation between. Disney in Florida is concerned, but yeah, you look at what's going on with um, some of this stuff that's leaving Disney Plus. Did you see this list, honey? I mean, this is like okay, it's quite a bit. Read of it stuff. off here. Go ahead. Uh, let me list some let me big f- ones for everybody. Let me find it for you. Okay, Willow, one of the many shows about to depart eh. Disney Plus and Hulu. Why the Last Man, 
That's had one season which we liked, but it didn't go anywhere beyond that. Uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum, The Quest. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> nothing that really depresses you that much. I huh? mean, I, honestly, I watch a lot of the Jeff Goldblum episodes. I thought that was good, but I don't think it was anything significant. Um, no, not at all. Let's see. They got they got a list of this stuff. I'm looking. Uh, oh, Foodtastic, Tony. That sounds like one of your shows. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. <laughs> the Quest. I haven't looked at that. Uh, Stuntman Willow Wolfgang. Yeah, I mean the biggest ones that stand out as far as what we do. I know Pat watched Why the Last Man thought it was very good, based on. Uh, but it only had one season, and then it got canceled based on the graphic novel, which was excellent. But yeah, I think I think the biggest one is Willow, which had a didn't do re- great. It didn't. Didn't do great. It though, didn't do great, them. and I think the series was really underrated. I have to go and finish it. I've watched a little bit of it. What I've seen was like surprisingly really good, uh, and 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 it, it keeping up with the spiritual, yeah, spiritual successor of the original for sure. Kept up with that, and I thought, yeah, this is one that I don't think enough people watched. I'm not the sure problem, where it's going to end up, but the problem is, is that the Lord of the Rings had something out around that time. And uh, so did somebody else in the same genre as far as magic and, and, and that thing goes in that time period. Because you kind of compare that, right? Yeah, I think if you're looking at what's going on when Willow comes out, you've got, like you're saying, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Rings of Power, House of the Rings Dragon. Of House of the Dragon yep. was out. Uh, Wheel of Time had come out about eh, three or four or five months earlier. So, yeah, I think, in, and I don't know what, there were other Marvel shows, I think, um, it wasn't like Andor or something like that. One of the Star Wars shows was out. So it had some pretty stiff competition, and it just kind of, kind of, I think, fell under the radar a little bit. The other shows, eh, not the biggest. I I think the Willow thing should have been a movie and not a series, to be honest with you. I think you would have got a lot more bang for your buck there. Yeah, I tend to, I tend to agree with you, but... uh yeah, looking at it, it's it's you know Disney's trying to trim. We taught we've they've commented several times about Disney Plus. Um, it is interesting that there seems to be a rate increase, price increase coming for Disney Plus, and in the meantime, we're going to get rid of content. Not exactly the best of strategies, right? Yeah, but look at everything that's dropping for Marvel now, especially series wise. So they're like, listen, hey, sorry, this is what we got to do. We're trying to keep it as low as we can. Uh, and, and by doing so, we need to cut some content in addition, but all this other stuff is coming out. It's coming. It is. Yeah. They got to trim some the f- of it's in the can even, so they're good to go. Right. They got to trim some of this fat. We got secret invasion, which is starting in just a few weeks. Here's my question. As this writer strike drags out, do you think content that's in the can, even though announced gets delayed as we move forward in this process? Like, okay, we got to move this back because it then it'll spread out with this one and at least we're covered through all of this with the content we have. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're going to spread the jelly a little thinner on this piece of bread here because we don't have as much. Yeah. I think if stuff's in the can and they can go ahead and start filming and don't, the problem with that though, is that stuff that's in the can and not filmed rewrites, script changes, things like that. No, but I mean, and even stuff they have like filmed already. That you think like they're going to want to space. They're going to delay yeah, it. Well, to, do, yeah, a couple extra, a couple weeks here, a couple weeks yeah. there, a couple weeks there. We just covered two more months than we didn't have before. No, I think I think there's a real good chance of that that they could come back and say, "Hey, man, uh, as long as this thing's going on, we still need to make some money. Let's space these uh, big blockbuster movies slash series out instead of like having them, you know, every other month. Let's do it every quarter or something like that." And I, yeah, they could do that, and that's uh, 
that's enough to bankroll and finance them. But sooner or later, you reach that tipping point where we have nothing left in the can and we have no other content to put out and the well runs dry. And I, some, something's going to give. I just think it's going to be holiday season before we see any, you know, progress. No, I think I think, yeah, you're right. I think they'll this may buy them some time, which buys them some leverage, because on the other side of the coin, you've got these writers who are striking, not getting paid. And at some point in time, that becomes an issue when, you know, assuming they all have socked money away, they've got savings or getting help from all these other people who want them to continue the fight. But at some point that well runs dry as well. So, you know, you've got the writers on the one end who at some point are saying we can go on for a while, but sooner or later we're going to run out of money. You got the studios who are saying, hey, we can do like PC Tunney suggesting. Let's delay this here. Let's push this back there. Eventually you run out of content and then they're like, here we go. So as to when that point, when those points intersect or get kind of dangerously close to intersecting is when you'll see a deal get struck. Unless somebody comes up with something with some looking at it in a, in a more foresightful sort of way saying, Hey, we need to just cut to the chase and get this over with now. Hopefully cooler heads, smarter heads prevail. And this thing ends sooner than later. Ray cash is back with us. How's Cristobal doing, man? Oh man. He's on strike waiting for his neck, waiting for, uh, the deal to get made so we can do Crystal Ball, the series of Crystal Ball uh, season two or whatever. He's gonna name it. Is that, did he? I, I've seen. I've actually seen his new series in my Crystal Ball. Did they? Did they at least take him to the right hood this time? I know we dropped him at the wrong hood previously. Did they take him to the right hood this time? Cliffhanger, bro. Episode episode one, season two. All right, you got your writers. Need to stop striking. We need to see how this ends. God. Damn, the continuing sagas of Cristobal. <laughs> sagas, see, plural, <laughs> pluralize that. Ray, uh, we, Tony and I, while you were, were, you were talking to our good friend Cristobal, I really hope you're doing well, man. We know that things are, are, are rough there on the streets of uh, Malibu, but uh, oh. you know, it's we're just wondering, Ray, your thoughts on this writer strike? We talked about it. That this thing could go on longer than we anticipated, that this is uh, kind of tied into streaming residuals and things that three years into the pandemic, the studios still haven't figured this shit out. And now it's the backlash with the writers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Tony, go ahead, man. You, Yeah, and the fact that we kind of both agreed on the fact that maybe the upcoming holiday season is the next breaking point because this is going to take a little bit. Where are you at? Before before the holiday season is the, the start of fall, the new fall shows. Uh, yeah, I th- I think we're gonna I think we're they're gonna they're willing to sacrifice that both the network side and the writers I believe. I don't think so. I mean, maybe I'm maybe. Okay, I so you think it's gonna be shorter than we think? Because Dave and I think it's gonna be as long, if not longer, than they're predicting. I I just know that when August September hits, that's the biggest time for television because that's the beginning of the school year. That's the end of the summer. That's the new sitcoms are coming out. New seasons are coming out. New shows are coming out. That's when broadcast TV in particular really hits their hardest, right? If we have, especially you're paying Jimmy Fallon. They don't even start till October now. It's not like it starts the well, first. Well, the fall, you get what I'm saying. The fall, yes. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're speaking the same language. You're... Over, what's the difference? Okay. Well, then the holiday season, sure. You get what I'm saying. I'm saying. The fall. Whenever it's, the it's fall not, shows it's not start, be which is normally in September. But you, okay. you agree that this is not something that resolves over the summer. 
It's going to... Well, why would they? Why would the people acquiesce? I don't think you and, shows till at earliest December, Ray. Okay. Why would you acquiesce in general anyway, if you're the people with the money? Because there's no reason to. There's nothing that you need. There's, there's, their foot isn't against the fire right now. It's, it's not. And it's a shame because this, this, should, this, should this should never went to a strike in the first place. But, you, you know, in situations like this, you have to have leverage. And the writers have no leverage right now. That's right. As they, a shame, and that's what, that's what we were talking about. That right now there's a they there's a bank of content that the studios have to draw from. There's scripts that have been completed. There's series that have been completed. There's stuff that's been filmed. There's ideas that are out there. Okay, maybe not ideas, but you know anything that's already been done or ninety percent done, they can draw upon that and create content. When that well runs dry, that's when they're going to have to come to them and say, okay. You know, now, like I was talking with Tony, the writers on the other end don't have that kind of leverage because there is no money coming in. And at some point you get to the point uh, the agree has to, uh, uh, they're going to have to, they might have to, fold. they might have to capitulate at some point because like we're saying, if they've got, you know, and, and I'm sure the union will get a lot of support from a lot of other tangential sort of uh, other unions and other sources and people who want them to continue the fight, you know, actors will throw in. You know, actors who support this will throw in some sort of money. They'll donate some to the cause. That'll keep these guys going for a while. Sooner or later, that well runs dry as well. Whichever well runs dry soonest is the side that'll probably say, all right, let's 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 talk. But they both probably have stuff in reserve that, yeah, summer, fall, before you start getting to the point where they've run out of, run out of stuff in the can and we've run out of yeah. revenue to keep this fight going. Isn't it true that the overwhelming majority of members in SAG are writers? I think so. Well, there's how that goes. The whole point of having a union like this is and paying dues is that when stuff like this happens, you still get paid. So I wonder, all you swanky, high-paid actors, are you going to contribute to some type of fund for these guys until they get paid? And you know, because think about it, you got number one a lot of right a lot of actors now take part in the writing room, which maybe always, but I know it's been particularly it's, it's, it's like public now, but also you guys want to continue, Angela Bassett, you want to continue to make the most money on TV in 911, give $2 million to the fund for the writers to get back and get you that money, you know, because these guys don't need the money in terms of the, the stars and the actors, but if you want to keep making them swanky checks, go ahead and help these writers get paid or talk to the studios or something, but you, they can absolutely help the situation. If, if, if all of the major actors, all of them in general would be nice, but all of the major actors took a stand with the writers, this would be done tomorrow, but it's because they're indifferent. And speaking personally as somebody who I negotiate stuff every single day, like you guys are talking leverage is very important in this situation. The studios right now have the leverage. There is no, there's nothing pressing on them to say, yeah, other than the fact that, yeah, this would be the right thing to do to say, hey, we need to do something and get this over with. Um, so, yeah, the question is, how long does this last? How long can the writers hold out? How long before the studio really feels the crunch of this? And, and you know, can the writers last long enough so that the backlog of content is gone? And I think that's where you're going to see this strike resolve. It's like when that backlog is done, then they'll say, okay, time to play ball. But until then, what, yeah, what leverage do the writers have? What motivation do the studios have other than it's the right thing to do? 
and we know that it's the right thing to do and money don't typically go together so well as far as talking points. So anyway, you guys got any final thoughts on any of this stuff before we uh, cut on out of here, man? I I don't. I'm exhausted by this conversation about money. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, I just wish we were as people would be better. Like some of these writers don't even make a living fucking wage. And I'm not being I'm not being exaggerative here. So like they're asking for essentially pennies on the dollar and they're like, no, nah, son, we're good. Pay the dudes, get back to work, you make more money. Everybody will be happy. We need to all come together, sing Kubaya with pencils and legal pads and write out stuff. Little cowboy, little cowboy hats? Yes. There you go. Little cowboy hats, kumbaya, whatever the case may be. I don't know. But Anyway, guys, on that somber kind of depressing note, yeah, we ended on a on a depressing note, man. I could talk some more about Fast X if you want. No, that's all right, Ray. That, no, that, sure. then, that'll just make Patrick more depressed yeah. than he already no, we is. Like, we like. I do want. I do want to say one thing, and I, I know you you're tired of this, but seriously, Jason Momoa's character in this will go down as one of the iconic villains of this generation. I mean that shit. Really? And you guys, because y'all don't believe in the fast stories, cool. Watch the fucking movie, and I guarantee I will pay. I will send you. I will cash up all of you to go see the movie, and then you tell me if I'm crazy or not. Tony, that's Gull- that's tempting. Fern Gully ten. Fern ten. They got rid of the gully. It's just Fern ten <laughs> now. Right. It's, it was it was Gully nine. It was the the Fern and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's like Fast Ten. What happened to the Furious? Oh, they're gone. What happened to the gully? It's gone. It's just Fern ten. So. We don't need it. We don't need. We don't need the gully in, in ten. We just needed the gully in nine. There you go. That makes that makes all the sense in the world to me. And before Patrick O'Dowd throws his phone against the wall, we're gonna cut out out of here and call it an end to this episode of Bandwagoners. Before we cut out of here, though, PC Tunny, where can people check out what you got going on on the ChairShotRadioNetwork.com and and all the other fun places that you might show up at? First of all, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Everything you want to listen to is located on all of your favorite streaming platforms, Chair Shot Radio Network. Follow me at PC Tunny. Follow this show at Bandwagon Nerds. And don't forget about the chairshot.com. Always use your head. And protect your nipples. I mean, that that's the main thing that you should come out of this thing thinking. Got you covered. Yeah, got you good. Nipples covered. Ray? Yeah. When you're oh. not when you're not covering your nipples, where can people check you pew, out on the pew 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 pew? You can find me at the Fast Saga, but also at It's Ray Cash, R A Y S Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. C A plus S as in dollar signs H two O. Mute that man, please. <laughs> that is not going to be a thing, Sonny. That will not. You stop trying to make fetch happen. Okay. He's trying. He's trying it, but. Uh, as far as me, you can check me out on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Make sure you're checking out the Twitter handle of the show, at Bandwagon Nerds, because if we're inactive for too long, apparently we go away. That's my understanding, Tony. We got to be active, and, and anytime you guys want to interact with us, at Bandwagon Nerds. And of course, if we've sent anything here today that has offended you, made you mad, thrown your phone at the wall, send your hate tweets to at It's Me DPP. Tony, why should they send it to him? Because he doesn't know what autophonic is. <laughs> I was waiting for your standard fuck that guy. But anyway, you know, it's good. Oh, now we're good. We're good. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't do what I want to do right now. <laughs> 
That's going to do it for this edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Until next time, folks, get out of the basement. Get some sun as long as it's not too hot. Go check out some of these great movies that we've talked about, these great series. Catch catch Willow before it's gone from Disney Plus if it's not already. Uh, But we will be back next week. Mr. O'Dowd will be back. I'm sure he'll be feeling much better. We will hear all of his critique about this impromptu episode of Bandwagon Nerds and why uh, that what was that first trailer killers in the attic is that was that that one that we kind of were all like wait what was it anyway killer frost killer attic. killer frost killer cross carrying cross in the attic is that the name of the movie that okay he's going to tell us why we should all be watching that but until next time friends neighbors you've been listening to bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network a part of the chairshot.com energy of the sun, think about how big the margin of error must be. Try again, this time like you have a social life. And go. That's the craziest night. Come like on. A- you can't just text me, I'm alive, and then go get a full eight hours. I saved you. Only because you almost killed me first. Dude, am I related to Thor? No, no I didn't say any of that. Bruno! Baby. I like Bozigar. You do? Yeah. Oh. What's up with your knee? You know when you like bump into a drone and then fall off a truck and then you don't really feel it till later? I guess, why not? I just, I don't really know how I can help a group of ghosts and their average looking son. But I can't leave unless I know that, that you, that everything is okay. Why don't you tell me sooner? I just think you've been busy. Imogen. And tonic? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.